0: What's happening, people? Welcome to Luke Hartman Show. I'm feeling good here. I'm drinking a protein shake, you know. I just come off a very intense workout. You know, that is, of course, a lie. I did not do a workout. I just drink protein shakes for fun. It is a chocolate favor. I know it looks like a shit shake, but it's beautiful. Give me all the proteins on a Sunday morning, you know. It is of course, Sunday, July 11th and we are coming off the aftermath of UFC 264. I mean, fuck, 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 fuck. I can't hold the curse words in for the beginning of this show. I tried to keep it clean, but I can't. The sport of MMA is unforgiving. It is a ruthless game where anything can happen. And I mean anything. The unexpected is always on the table. Fortune tellers can't predict this shit. I have been so excited for UFC 264, McGregor versus Portier three, the trilogy. Really excited, and I'm just gonna get into the main event. How dare you, MMA guards? How dare you do that to us? You know, an ankle snap, snapped, I- what the fuck What a way to end that fight And listen, coming out Connor looked, Connor looked good. You know, opened up with a spinning back kick. He looked light on his feet. It was he moved away from the traditional boxing stance that he used in their second fight. You know, front kicks, throwing some leg kicks of his own. Boxing looked good. You know, and Dustin was firing back. He looked good, also. You know, there was a point where they were up against the cage, and Conor went for a guillotine, which I think no one expected that. You know, leading up to the fight, Conor was saying that uh, he doesn't really count submissions as wins. You know, it's knockouts and uh, was definite in that business. And you no, know, whether you agree or disagree, but Conor went for a guillotine, and it looked tight for a second, but you could see that Dustin was just biding his time. He was in kind of a good position and he was just waiting to pop over and he did. And Dustin was landing some unforgiving shots. That ground and pound was great. You know, the punches, the elbows. And you could see it was beating Connor up. And, you know, Connor threw a punch and Dustin threw a punch and they both missed. Connor stepped on his ankle a, a weird way and it just, you could see it. He was like, you could see in his face, he audibly was like, ah, and it just, I mean, horrible. Reminds me of the Anderson Silver Chris Weidman snap, except for it was his ankle. I mean, horrible. I mean, what? For, and it was a doctor's stoppage, but when Bruce Buffett announced he did say TKO, which it's not a TKO. You have to run this fight back. And listen, leading up, I was saying to my friend that, uh, let's imagine now that Connor wins this fight, fights Charles Oliveira for the belt, beats Charles Oliveira, becomes the champion. Dustin is still right up there. So, you know, it would be a fourth fight, but that's never happened in the UFC. Maybe it's happened in MMA, but in the UFC, we've never had a fourth fight and with this now you know you can say Dustin won technically but it was a doctor stoppage you have to you have to do another fight you have to have a four fight and even Dana agrees which is a really good sign that we will get a four fight this time obviously Charles and Dustin are going to be fighting for the belt now who knows when that'll be I'm guessing maybe at the end of the year December um probably in Vegas but I mean, fuck. Talk about unlucky charms. I was so excited for this fight going into it. And I thought Conor would win. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Dustin won the fight, but going into this, I thought connor's going to make the right adjustments. He's going to switch his stance up. He's got our second fight to look at to see where he went wrong, make those adjustments, come in and win. And probably win in spectacular fashion. You know, I was imagining a knockout. I couldn't have seen it go into decision for some reason. And <clears throat> you know, I was thinking this, it had Diaz 2 vibes that he was going to go into this fight, you know, and have the perfect game plan. And listen, I'm happy for Dustin. Dustin's like, Dustin. He's like a great guy. He's like a great human being. And obviously I've never met him before, but if you know, there's tons and tons of video, you listen to the guy, great guy. And so I'm happy for him that he's got this technical win and he's going to get a title shot. Now, you know, he probably got paid a fuckload for this uh, trilogy fight uh, and they're going to do it again. Uh, It's just, you know, it reminded me of Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz for the BMF title with a Dr. Stoppage, you know, it's this huge fight and it, you're like, fuck, it ruins, it ruined the momentum of it. No one saw that coming. This is, this is the crazy thing about MMA, my favorite sport in the world, the sport that I love, is that you never know what is going to happen. No two fights are ever the same. Literally anything can happen. You know, the only thing that hasn't happened with this but it's like a streak go running through, like they're doing football and shit. But I mean, the MMA gods truly don't give a fuck. And what's crazy is leading up to this fight, you know, Conor, you know, if you look through all the press conferences and just kind of Conor's energy going into it, he zero fucks. He was going at him. Vintage Conor came out and he was on one. Angry Conor. An angry Conor is a, is, you know, is a dangerous Conor. same as a motivated Connor, nice Connor was all these different versions of Connor going into fights. and he was saying to Dustin, you're going out on a stretcher." And what was crazy is Connor ended up being taken out on a stretcher from his fucked up ankle. And you know obviously Connor was pissed off. Dustin wasn't happy either. you know there was a lot that was said during the buildup in the press conferences and all that stuff and you can see the bad blood is still there, you know? Some people say, it's, you know, there was fighters commented on like Khabib, Namaga commented on it saying, good always defeats the evil, and it's a win for the good guy. And listen, I don't think Conor is a bad human being. I think it's a fight. And being nice comes with a price in this business, especially at this level, you know? And listen, some fighters need that. Some fighters need to go in with a certain energy uh, to be able to perform well. And I think Conor did perform well. I think he surprised a lot of people going for that guillotine. Uh, His kicks look well. You know, he was looking good. And then Dustin... Dustin... Dustin's going to be champion. Sooner or later, Dustin Poirier will be the 155-pound UFC lightweight champion. I think it's just in his cards for him. You know, if you look at his wins in that division, the run that he's been on, the people he's beat, uh, I think Charles Oliveira has got his hands full, you know, with Dustin Poirier. Uh, you know, when Charles Oliveira fought Michael Chandler for the bout, that was, a, that was the perfect fight for a vacant title, to, for a newly crowned champion. It was the perfect fight. It was back and forth. You know, when Charles Oliveira came out on top and got the second round, Knockout. Uh, So he's got his hands full with Dustin. Anyone has their hands full with Dustin. But going into this fight, I thought, Connor is technically a better martial artist uh, if you look at his game. Better striker, you know, more tools in his toolbox. And I thought he was going to whip them all out. Spinning back kicks, front kicks, leg kicks, you know, good boxing and all that. And he did show that. But... There was points where Dustin was just too much for him, especially when, you know, I, when Connor went for that guillotine, I thought if he doesn't get this, it's going to be bad because Dustin will get out of it and he's going to land blows, elbows. And he did. He was beating him up. And, I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's not the way you want to see a fight end. You know, this was a huge, huge event. There were celebrities there. Donald Trump was there. You know, Machine Gun Kelly, Megan Fox. You know, Steve will do it. Charles Oliveira was in the crowd, you know, keeping close eyes on that fight. And, I mean, it's just, you always want to see a definitive winner. And we don't have one. We don't have a definitive winner of that fight, even though Dustin got his hand raised. And Bruce Buffer said winner by TKO. We don't have a definitive winner in the story of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. What we have is Conor winning the first fight by knockout. Dustin winning the second fight by knockout. And in the third fight, Doctor stoppage, Connor broke his ankle. We don't have a definitive, we don't have a nail in the coffin on this story. You know, now the story has led to there has to be another fight. You know, Connor say we could do it at the after party, we could do whatever. Uh, it has to be settled one way or another. The story has to come to a close, and. You know, let's hope in the fourth fight that we don't get another injury like that. We have a definitive winner. But the thing is, with an injury like that, you know, when Dana was saying that Conor was going into surgery straight away. Uh, but the rehab, the rehabilitation for an injury like that, it's a long time. Um, you know, just to rehab it, then be able to train on it, you know, and get into a fight camp. We're not gonna see Connor till next year. we we won't we won't see Connor this year. We'll see Dustin and Oliveira fight for the belt, hopefully at the end of the year. I'm thinking probably December time, maybe even January, you never know. So you've got to see how it plays out. But the question now is where does Connor go from here? Does Connor, you know, go through his rehab, rehab this ankle, get better? to back into health and fight Dustin. Is Dustin his next fight? Is the four fight with Dustin the next fight? Um, I'm not sure. You know, Dana is saying that you have to do a rematch, but there's so many moving parts into it. There's, there's fights that have to take place and there's timing. Um, Floyd Mayweather tweeted something interesting saying, uh, thanks, Dustin, for making me some money. So maybe Floyd is looking for another fight with Connor. Maybe you get... Maybe you see Connor go into a boxing fight against Floyd or maybe for Manny Pacquiao before you see the fight with Dustin. Who, who knows what's going to happen next? Um, Best-case scenario to close this story out, you would like to see Dustin beat Oliveira become a 155 champion, 155 pound champion, sorry. And then Conor comes back and fights him then for the belt. Um, And I know fans and people will be like, he doesn't deserve a title shot. He's just fought him. He got injured. There's other people in line, but I mean, it's the right thing to do in a way, given the way that this fight ended, given the way that this fight ended, uh, it should be Connor versus Dustin. Obviously, if Dustin gets Pro um, Oliveira for the belt, and even if it's not for the belt, that fight has to be run back. It has to be a four fight. And I mean, if in the four fight, someone like, you know, breaks their ankle or fucking dislocates a hip, I mean, how, how long do you go? Do you go to number five? Do you, I suppose you just keep going until it's a definitive winner. But I tell you what, Dustin looks damn good at lightweight. You know, I was watching that fight and I'm like, Dustin was throwing some really good boxing shots, some hands like he was, there was some power and you could see that there was a moment when he was pulling around Connor and Connor had the clinch. Um, Dustin is dangerous for everyone. I, I, I think he, he's the future 155 pound champion. Um, it's going to be crazy to see how all of this plays out. I mean, fuck, I keep saying fuck because it's just fuck's sake. You know, I'm not really, I don't like many sports. There's not many sports that I watch religiously. I watch basketball. Sometimes I'll see highlights of an NFL game. I'm not into football. I don't give a shit about rugby. I don't care about your darts. And you're playing snooker and you're fucking badminton. No one cares. I want real fucking stakes on the line. Even boxing is boring. I'll watch Tyson Fury fight. I'll watch the Paul Brothers fight. But MMA, it's the greatest sport in the world. The UFC is numero uno. There is nothing like it. The drama of the fights. What is at stake? The art form. You know, we see some beautiful performances inside the octagon. Martial arts at the highest level. There's actually another one I'm getting to. It's called Karate Combat. You know, check it out on Instagram. You can find it on YouTube as well. I watch highlights of that sometimes. It looks crazy. It's like some, uh, what's that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Is it Kickboxer? A blood spot, that's the one where you're like in this dojo fighting these different styles and stuff. Like the way they have karate combat set up, like the backgrounds and the, like the arenas which they fight in, it, it actually looks really good. Uh, but MMA, UFC reigns supreme. There's nothing like a UFC mm-hmm. event. There's nothing like a McGregor event. There just isn't. You know, there's close seconds, like, if uh, Nate Diaz is fighting, if Jorge Mazdal is fighting, if Nick Diaz is fighting, which hopefully we're getting uh, Nick Diaz's return against Robbie Lawler. It'll be their second fight. Uh, It's a rematch 17 years in the making. You know, Nick knocked him out when he was 19 years old. Uh, A Great fight. And hopefully we're getting that rematch. Nick's my favorite fighter, so I'm really excited for that. But, you know, there are events that are close, to a McGreg- McGregor event, but there's nothing like it. And to see it end the way that it did, it's like, you bastard. And I bet a lot of people are angry. They're like, I stayed up till fucking five o'clock in the morning for that shit. How dare you? I mean, I think the event was good. You know, tied to Avassa, got his knockout, you know, against Greg Hardy, then a Uh, He's great. Tied to Avassa, the Australian heavyweight. Um, a star in the making. Everyone loves him, you know. He's a proper geezer. He's a proper bloke, like funny, you know. Does the shoeys and stuff. Um, reminds me a bit of Mark Hunt. Uh, he got a win. The one, boy Burns fight was shit, you know. No, I'm not really, I'm not really shocked about that to be honest. Uh, so it looks like Colby Covington is getting the rematch against Usman for the belt because. You know, the Wonder Boy Burns fight, it didn't warrant a title shot. It just didn't. So, and then obviously the main event, you know, that was another one too. Sean O'Malley, fought, I can't remember who he fought. I can't remember the name of him. He was uh, Mourinho or something like that. Who, who cares? But he looked you know, not, a, not bad for your first fight. You know, O'Malley's a beast. It's crazy that he isn't fighting for a title already, but they're, they're bringing him up the right way giving him the right fights, you know, you don't want to diminish a style like that. You want to build him the the correct way, instead of throwing him to the wall. So, you know, the kid took the fight on short notice, you know, and it's just what it is. And, I mean, I say overall, good event, but I mean, it's just, it's a bad ending. It's not the way to put a ribbon on an event like that with such a build-up to it. I mean, the press conferences were deep leading up. Connor was pulling no punches. He was fucking going for it, throwing the hot sauce off the tables and shit, just going at it. Uh, The embeddings, we weren't really seeing that much of Connor leading up to the fight, to be honest, he was very, he was in the shadows, you know. There was no footage of him on the embeddings to like, I think episode four, maybe. And he took over most of it, you know, showing his gym in California. Uh, we weren't really seeing much footage on him. He was keeping keeping Dustin very much in suspense. Uh, it was a great build-up, you know. Vintage Connor, like I was saying, Dustin didn't seem really rattled by the trash talk, even though Conor was taking shots at him and his wife and shit like that. It didn't really seem. It definitely didn't affect him on the night. You know, whether it affected him in the moment, who knows? But it didn't affect him on fight night. Um, and it was a great build-up, and for it to end that way like i didn't stay up to watch the fight early hours in the morning just because who who can like i I can't you know i have to do a podcast in the morning i can't be staying up till fucking early hours in the morning and trying to do this shit so i thought i'll wake up and i'll catch it online and you know i didn't i literally was watching it in real time not in real time, but I didn't know the winner or what happened until it was like in, until I watched it and it happened. I don't know why I, I had half a fucking stroke then. Um, and, you know, when Connor was throwing the spinning back kicks, I was like, yes, come on, this is what we need now. And then when Conor went for that guillotine, I was shouting, like, come on, Conor, fucking, I'm just going nuts. Like, and then it ended the way it did. I was like, fuck, man. You know, usually my neighbors are the loud ones. But I was going off. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. You know, I wanted to headbutt the wall. You know, maybe I should have done a workout to let the steam off. You know? I might have to do it after this podcast, to be honest. I might have to get the demons out of me. You know? Just unlucky as fuck. Unfucking fucking lucky Unlucky charms. You know, that's probably going to be the name of this episode. Unlucky charms. But, uh... Congratulations to Dustin Poirier. He's a good guy. You want to see the good guy win, but I also I root for Conor. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people talk shit about him, and you know, he's made his mistakes, and it's been out there in the public. You know, a celebrity of his magnitude, there's a camera on you every, at every corner. And but listen, Conor McGregor, I've been following him since Cage Warriors. I've been watching. I remember. When he won, it was the lightweight uh, belt. When he won that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, it was his stances. And I watched uh, fights before that from Cage Warriors and seeing, like, his techniques and the way he would throw kicks. I'm like, this is interesting. Then he gets into the UFC, and his story is like, he's a guy who's fighting for a better life. And you can relate to Conor a lot, you know, especially if you're a young man from the UK, the way he's talking and... You know, we kind of, everyone knows someone like Conor in their life. And you can relate to this guy and you see the journeys going on and you root for him. Because like, he's one of those guys and Nate Diaz is similar. Where if they win, you win. You know, there's very few fighters like that that you'll see in life. Uh, where if, and it's, it's not just fighters. Like, comedians, musicians, whatever. It's like, when they win, you win. You can you can relate to a lot relate to him and connect with it and you know watching connor come up through the ranks you're like i want this guy to be champion and you could see it was in his cards you know that run the connor went on a featherweight was insane you know going and dustin was on that path but connor was rising up the ranks of featherweight dustin ended up getting knocked out on the way and then connor rose up and you know, that phenomenal fight that Connor had against Chad Mendes for the interim featherweight title. You know, I almost fucking cried. It was it was beautiful. One of my if not my favorite Connor fight was Connor McGregor for Chad Mendes. Rewatch that fight if you've got the time. Probably my favorite Connor fight. You know, goes on to fight Aldo, 13 second knockout, becomes Featherweight champion, you know, then goes up, fights Nate, loses that fight, comes back, rematches Nate, wins that fight. You know, fights Eddie Alvarez, becomes two-division champion, you know, wins the lightweight belt, goes on to fight Floyd. And then after that comes back, fights Khabib, loses, you know. Fights Dustin. Uh, f- sorry, fights Cowboy, wins that fight. Fights Dustin, loses. And then fights Dustin now and breaks his damn ankle. I mean, for fuck's sake. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, like, I can't remember who said that quote. It's like, so you want to be a fighter? I think it might have been Dana White. So you want to be an ultimate fighter? Absolutely bizarre. You know, and it was just last night that I was thinking, you know, maybe I should uh, indulge in some type of martial arts training again. You know, maybe get into jujitsu, maybe take a boxing class or two. Uh, Instead of just doing the home workouts, and going out, you know, running in the streets, looking like the police is chasing me, you know? You know? I just, uh, I was thinking just last night, yeah, maybe get into some martial arts training. And I wake up and I see that, I'm like, maybe not. Maybe I don't want to roll my ankle. Maybe, you know, stick to grappling, to wrestling. You know, there's some wrestling classes that I saw that actually in Cardiff. Uh, ju- do a uh, jujitsu again. You know, maybe take a boxing class or two, but, in terms of like kicks and shit, maybe not. Maybe not indulge in like a kickboxing or a Muay Thai. You know, I did cry when I was younger, but that don't even count. Everyone did cry when they were younger. Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Well, my fucking Bruce Lee. Um, and then I wake up and see that, but I don't know. Maybe at some point in the future, I am playing around with the idea of going to gyms. Uh, to train, but the typical gym is, it's not my thing. I just, I don't, I don't want to say I don't like it, but I just, it's not for me. If I'm going to do t- workouts like that, I'd rather do it at home, you know? I definitely feel more comfortable in a, a martial last year and my mm-hmm. voice cracked Then edit that out. I'm just so emotional over what happened to Connor. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, bastards, this MMA world. But uh, all in all, I think generally a good card. But I mean, what a fucking shit house of an ending. Um, let's get into some news stories. Why not to change the subject? In other news, uh, this was a really interesting news story, courtesy of CNN, uh, to do with Facebook. Facebook tests alerts that ask users if they're worried a friend is becoming an extremist. Uh, Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? This is one of the prompts some Facebook users in the US are being served. You got served. Uh, Others are being notified that they may have been exposed to extremist content. It is all part of a test that aims to combat violent extremism and assesses ways to provide resources and support, a Facebook spokesperson told Sienna. So Facebook are worried that you or someone you know is becoming an extremist. You know, like are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? Are you concerned? Do you feel like you're becoming an extremist? Do you have a friend? Who's becoming an extremist? What about a family member? You know, we probably do. There's probably a friend or family member that you have that, you know, have fantasies of violence. You know, they dream of the day that they can storm a building. You know, they look up, you know, how to make devices online. You know, they're on the cusp of a mental breakdown like most people in society are. And Facebook, has taken notice of that. Thank God, probably the only good thing Facebook has ever fucking done. You know, because the users of Facebook are fucking shit houses. You know, and listen, I'm on Facebook, but not really. I have a Facebook account, but I post everything through a different fucking app. Instagram, my favorite, to be honest. And I know that's a company of Facebook, but you know, Facebook are, are worried. They're concerned The people are becoming extremists. You know, have someone someone you know got a weird twitch in their eye? Are they a bit shaky recently? Are they talking about Jews and 9-11? Are they getting a bit into conspiracies? A little bit too much? Do they show up to a family barbecue and ruin it? Have they gone full black pill? You know, are you and your family at a family barbecue? And... You're sitting there eating some burgers, maybe some hot dogs. People are having a good time. And then one person just shows up and starts talking about the towers. Dropping that on everyone, ruining the mood. Which to be honest, the towers is probably more of an interesting conversation than anything that's going on at a family barbecue. You know, a family barbecue, people are just like, so what are you been up to? No one cares what you're fucking talking about. You know, oh, did you hear Aunt Sue, you know, slipped in a Sainsbury's and now she's getting, a, you know, a five grand claim? Fuck you, you criminals. You fucking, you bum criminals, are you? <laughs> you know, I think uh, it's, it's just a wild thing. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? Sounds like a crazy advert. Are you worried that someone you know is becoming an extremist? Are they... Do they have violent vibes to them? Do you think they're on the cusp, you know? Do they have, what else do they have? I'm trying to think. See, this is the thing when you riff on a podcast and completely fucking freestyle, is you lose your, lose your train of thought sometimes, but that's crazy. So I go, fuck, ask yourself the mic then. So ask yourself that, you know, does anyone you know become an extremist? Someone at work maybe. Someone close by, maybe, I don't know, ask the question. Do you think someone is becoming an extremist? But uh, that was kind of a news story that went all over the place, but what can you do? I'm emotional for McGregor versus Paul uh, Next news story. This is an interesting one. This man broke the world record for the tallest stack of M&Ms. It's just five. Good luck breaking this deceptively tough world record. British civil engineer Will Cutbill, I mean, what a name, Will Cutbill, won the Guinness World Record for the tallest M&M Tower with just five M&Ms. It's a lot harder than it looks, Cutbill told CNN. They're not as flat as you'd think. They're quite spherical. It's a bit like you can imagine balancing footballs or soccer balls. I mean, guy, do you ever want to get laid in your life? No woman looks at you and thinks, and thinks, you know, I want to fuck that guy. He can stack five M&Ms. It's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, but I mean, your dick ain't, is it? You limp dick fuck. Uh, what are you spending your time stacking M&Ms for? You know, I guess, you know, so you can end up on the news. And so a comedian and podcast, could talk about way on the show, the Luke Karma show available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and more. Subscribe to the Luke Carmen show on YouTube. It's free. Just do it. If you have an email address, do it. You know? But I mean, I wonder actually how long that took him to do. I mean, you must have nothing going on. It says he's a civil engineer, but is he? There can't be much happening. There's no no sex going on. There is no sex life. If you're stacking M&M's. I mean, Will Cut Bill. That sounds like a made-up name. Sounds like one of those names you would see in like a Marvel movie. Will Cut Bill. You know, he sounds like the henchman that gets like fucked up at the start of the movie. You know, down the docks. You know, and then just gets kicked in the face. You know, um, but yeah, that's wild. I, I, if I could give any advice to Will Cut Bill, enough with the M and M's. Go and get some booze. Go out with your friends and go and get laid. You know, Yeah, enough. Um, any more news stories going on here? Let's get into, let's get into this one. Resident of collapsed building says he's only alive because girlfriend asked him to stay over. I mean, if you see the picture of this couple, the woman looks like she has that face of like, she organized it, but last minute changed the mind. Like, she organized this attack that collapsed the building with him in it. It says, Eric Demora normally would have been in his Chamberlain Towers South condo. At the hour, much of it collapsed. The only reason he wasn't, his girlfriend persuaded him to stay with her. Demora and his girlfriend, Fernanda Figueiredo, say they believe he is alive because he was not at his unit in the building that collapsed on June 24th in Surfside, Florida obviously he's alive because he was in the fucking building when it collapsed uh I was right at her door about to leave and for some reason she just asked me to stay in her home stop with that and for some reason they, what do you mean for some reason she wanted to stay she probably wanted to get her fuck on you know or maybe like I said she did organize this attack, and then last minute change. She's like, I don't know what, I'll just stay here. You know, maybe he bought her flowers or something and she changed her mind and felt bad, you know? Uh, but, you know, is she the hero of this story? Who knows? Maybe she's the villain who at last minute turned in to the hero. But I mean, fair play. You know, you have to marry her. Now, now that that happened, you know, maybe that's what it was. It was a ruse for him to put a ring on a finger. Maybe. This protein shake is delicious. I drink protein shakes for fun, people. Think I give a fuck. Um, I want to get into one of my favorite segments on this show. One of your favorite segments on this show. Everyone's favorite segment on this show. It is questions from the internet. Uh, Question number one, you're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with their head inside the lion's mouth or get shot out of a cannon? Is that a thing? People put their heads inside the lion's mouths. I mean, that's risky business. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'd rather shoot my family out of a cannon. I would love to do that. You know? into a lion's mouth, put my family in the cannon, shoot them into a lion's mouth. Uh, Would I rather be the person with the head inside the lion's mouth or get shot out of a cannon? That's a weird question. I guess I'd rather be, what would I, that's an interesting question. I'd probably put my head inside the lion's mouth just because if I go out, who cares? My head was inside the lion's mouth. It's kind of a cool story you know, to bring up a party if I do survive it. Um, I mean, you took a wrong turn in life if that's where you end up. You know, maybe you worked in finance. The next thing you know, you're working in a circus. You're doing coke. Your clown makeup's running down your face. And they're like, right, show in five. Get get your head ready. And you just got to sit there with your head inside of a lion's mouth. I mean, you fucked up. And I guess if you end up to a point in your life you're being shot out of a cannon. I mean, it's not the worst, is it? You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, ah, do you know what, fuck it? If I could uh, choose, I would get shot out of a cannon. Why not? Have some fun. Most people I know need to get shot over a cannon and I'm probably no exception to that. I'm a dick sometimes too. Uh, next question. What do you think phones will be like in 10 years? Phones in 10 years will be a chip in your asshole. Uh, To be honest, there'll probably be an implant in your brain if we're going to get serious about what they will look like in 10 years. There'll be some sort of chip. You know, I have no doubt about that. This, you know, the screen will be your eyes. You'll be able to pull up everything from there. Maybe it'll be attached uh, into your wrist and you'll be able to see on your arm or something like that. Uh, but I think it will be merged into us. That is coming at some point, uh, the way technology is moving. We're going to merge with us soon. And I'm, I'm not against it. I'm against it being compulsory. I'm against there being no choice. I think people should be able to choose whether they want it or not. And if they don't want it, they shouldn't be discriminated against same thing with the vax and all that shit. <clears throat> if they don't want it, they don't want it. If they do, they do. That's it. End the fucking story. Um, I like the idea of it being an option. But I don't want the government to come in and be like, you're all getting chipped. Because they would do that. You know, people have too much faith and trust in our government. You know, they're shady fucks. And it's all on record. You know, They they have too much control and too much power over people. And listen, I'm not breaking fucking news here. This is nothing you haven't heard before, but they really do. They have too much power over people. And, you know, I think they are looking to merge machines with people. They'll start with the military. I've said it a lot. They will start with the military. Then they'll move into police. You know, probably then fire services also. Uh, It's going to be weaponized. You're gonna have super soldiers. Then eventually it'll become all machines. The military will just be machines. It will, the police force will just be machines. It, w- it won't be humans anymore. I think uh, humans are gonna be a lot less needed as technology develops, which is scary. It's a scary thought. You know? It feels like we're coming to a point in evolution where we're about to hit the next stage of it. I mean, the fact that the conversations are even happening, that we're approaching that place, if not already in that place, it's, you know, it makes you think. You know, 20 20 years ago, 30 years ago, were we really having this conversation? about when we merge with machines, you know, it was in movies and stuff like that. But it seems like now we're at a place where that is a reality. And, you know, if they come to me and say, listen, we're going to put a chip in you, it's going to be a phone. I, I don't want that. I wouldn't take that. I don't need it. Just give it to me in my hand. You know, I'm not, the, I'm not really crazy about phones anyway. Like I don't need the new iPhone and all that shit. I don't really care to be honest. Um, but Yeah. It'll be a chip in you. or maybe even some type of helmet, like a virtual reality helmet. I don't know. I really don't. I wish I. I wish I knew. But, listen. If they come to me and said, "Luke, you got a choice now. We'll merge you with a machine. We'll make you half a fucking cyborg. I'm fucking Lukey cyborg. Uh, would I take it? Probably. You know." I would take it, you know, I ain't got the best. I'm tall. I'm a tall drink of water. I'm lanky. I'm skinny. You know, I'd be in much better shape as a machine. Would I not, you know, I could get to work a lot faster. You know, I could punch a lot harder. I could absorb punches a lot more, you know, there would be a lot of benefits to being a machine, you know, but then, you know, If someone turns on the sprinklers, you're fucked. (laughs) You know, if someone hits you with a hose, you're done. You know, but I would probably take it. Why not? Uh, Next question. Are you allergic to anything? No, absolutely not. And, you know, I know people, the pussies today are allergic to everything. Oh, I can't eat gluten. I'll blow up. I can't eat a peanut. I'll have a stroke. What happened to you? What happened to people? People are allergic to a lot of shit these days. You know, people, people are allergic to the truth, I've noticed. People are allergic to the cold, hard, honest truth. You know, there's that saying, the truth hurts. It fucking does. People can't handle it. People are allergic to the truth these days. Um, no, I'm not allergic to anything. Literally nothing. Never had an allergy, never will. Um, So no, I'm not allergic to anything. Uh, Next question. What kind of place do you think is ideal for a first date? Oh, this is a good question. What kind of place do I think is ideal for a first date? Uh, Definitely not a coffee shop. It's the worst idea to go grab coffee for a first date. First time you meet someone, you know, you're stepping in to a caffeinated area, place a place where people are on the verge of shitting themselves at all times. And, you know, caffeine, you know, lifts your energy, lifts your spirits. And, you know, if you're meeting a girl, boy, whatever, if you're going out on a date, and you know, you're both drinking coffee, you're both just sitting there sweating, thinking I'm about to shit. And then if you go to the toilet longer than five minutes, it's like easier. You know what I mean? It's, it's a dangerous game to play. Go for a coffee for a first date. The ideal place to go for a first date, it's somewhere, maybe a rest like a restaurant, I would say going for a meal is probably a better idea than going out for a coffee. Somewhere where you can both do something and have time to talk. Fuck the cinemas is a terrible idea. It was good in the 80s you know, and in the 90s, but you can't talk. You're both sitting there watching a movie. Fuck that. You go somewhere where you can both talk a lot, get to know each other, um, at the same time enjoying doing something. You know, I don't know, go on on a boat together or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It is a tough one. It, It depends what kind of date it is. If it's a date that's gonna lead to a relationship, you know, probably a, maybe a restaurant and then something fun afterwards. You know, if it's just, a, you know, fucking suck, then I don't know, maybe go for a, maybe go for a coffee, who knows? I, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, idea, if I was going out on a first date, I think, maybe a nice meal somewhere and then do something fun afterwards, maybe go see a comedy show. You know, comedy show is a great idea for a first date, you know? You're not really, you're not talking a lot, but it's a fun thing to do, kind of out, outside the box. Um, so yeah, I think they're ideal places for first date. Um, have you ever thought about jumping out of a window? <laughs> uh, I, I think about jumping out of a window probably three times a week, i my job. You know, there's not really windows I could jump out of that would hurt me. But I think, you know what, fuck this. I'd love to just jump out a window. I live in an apartment. Sometimes I'm here like, do you know what? I, I, I'd just love to just fly out the window. Just full on Superman dive out the window. You know, I'd have no more bills. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about shit. Just jump out the window. Phew, gone. Um, I mean, I thought about it. I would never do it. Before anyone gets worried, I would never jump out of a window. um. Unless someone said, listen, I'll pay you a million pounds to jump out of a window. Then I'm jumping all day. I'm lucky jumps. Lucky, Luki, Luki jump jumps. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, next question. The internet is a mix of everything. Good, bad, scary, and fun. What would you say is the worst thing about it? Ooh, what is the worst thing about the internet? Um, the fact that everyone can put their opinions out there, that people can go on Facebook and let it rip, uh, the psychics—that's a terrible. That's you know that's really bad that the internet caters to those idiots. Um, you know, mentally ill people—they all have a platform, which I know everyone's equal, but they're not. It's not. It's not true. We're not. Not everyone should be talking. And listen, maybe you feel that way about me, but fuck you. This is episode 87 of the Luke Cartman show, bitch. Um, yeah, it's like the psychics doing Facebook lives and giving readings is bad. Um, people giving their opinions mentally, all schizophrenics are out there letting things rip, which is entertaining, but it's not good for society. You know, uh, what else is the worst thing about it? Um... I would probably say that the amount of misinformation that's out there. Um, how connected people get to things they're like, they don't really know about. Like people act like they have like a PhD in something and they don't. Like they're experts on subjects. They get into arguments on Facebook and it's like, guys, you have to get a life. You've got enough. Have you not got anything going on? Do you argue with people on Facebook about you know, fucking COVID and all that, no one cares. Nobody cares. I don't care. Truly, I don't care. Do what you want, I don't care. You gotta stop. But I mean, like, you gotta stop arguing with each other on fucking social media, it's boring. Do something else, stack five M&Ms, do something. You know, what do you want me to tell you? Uh, Next question, have you ever had the feeling you were being watched? Uh, No, that's for schizophrenics. You know, I I love those people I've met him in my time where like, I can just feel a presence, you know? And it's like, you can't feel a presence. You're mentally ill. You should seek out a doctor. You should seek medical advice. You need electroshock therapy. You need to be electrocuted. You can't feel a presence. Stop lying to people. You know, what do you think you're achieving by saying that? Oh, I was, I was sitting in my room and I just felt this breeze and I just felt the presence of my ancestors. Shut your mouth. I had enough of you pigs. <laughs> uh, no, I've never had the feeling I'm being watched. Never, ever, never, ever. Uh, next question. And the final question from the internet. Was there ever an event in your life that defied explanation. Um, was ever invented? Defied explanation. Uh, I was once abducted by aliens. Uh, it was 2017. I was minding my own business, you know, walking around, and I saw this flying saucer come down. A beam of light hit, and I was looking up like, "What the fuck?" Then these two extraterrestrial beings you know, said, come with us, we'll show you the way. So I go, oh, okay, this, you know, doesn't seem dangerous, seems fun, why not, the extraterrestrials, I go up with them. And they abducted me, I said, listen, don't be sticking no probes in my ass and everything like that. I'm like, fine, you know, they spoke perfect English, they seemed like cool dudes. They were like, fine, went out to the ship, they told me the ways, and I came, they dropped me back off at my home, and here I am, delivering the truth, courtesy of the extraterrestrials. Um, no, not at all. I've never, there's never been an event that's defied explanation, I don't think. Let me, um, do you know what? Now that I think about it, there was one. Not that it really defied explanation, but it was like, huh, that's interesting. I was, I was walking home one day and It was nighttime. It was like I had to walk, like, really fucking, it was like a 10-mile walk or something like that, 10, 15 miles. It was a long-ass walk. And I was walking home, nighttime, the stars are out. And, you know, before this, I did that saying, oh, if you see a shooting star, make a wish and all that dumb shit. I never really thought anything about it. And I saw a shooting star. And I thought, it was my first time seeing one. I thought, you know what? Let me just, let me just do it as a test, let me just make a wish. And I wished for money uh, and weed as well, I think. Um, you know, cause I had a long ass walk, I wanted to get a taxi on. And I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. You know, maybe, I'd say maybe even three minutes into the walk after i just made this wish on this, star, I find 20 quid on the floor. Never found money before, especially not 20 quid. And I was like, ah, that's interesting. Picked it up, put it in my pocket. And I thought, I'm not going to use it for a taxi. I'm going to walk the rest of the way. Who knows what else is waiting me on this journey? And I'm walking, get to around the corner from my home. I was living with my parents at the time. And I look down and I see 20 pounds worth of weed. Just two bags of weed there. I'm like, what, what the fuck? So, I know. I don't know, maybe it was something to do with that, but it's interesting that I saw a shooting star, made the wish for money and weed, and on that journey home, I found money and weed. Very interesting. Uh, but then, you know, soon after, I forgot about it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, is what it is." But I don't know. Maybe it's just chance. But I don't. I don't. I, I'm really skeptical of all stuff like that, like shooting stars and tarot psychics. We all know this. It's well documented on this podcast. And I go in on shit like that, but I will say. That was an interesting moment. It's never happened, you know, before or since, you know? So maybe I just got lucky, but yeah, it was interesting. This was a fun episode, people. I'll uh, be back with you all next week for another episode of the Luke Cartman Show. Take care everyone. Peace.